This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're now listening to Boomsies with Dan O'Toole on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, hello. It's another Friday Friday where we uh, kind of just uh, get friends we like or people we want to chat with and, and have a discussion. And I, I reached out to my buddy that we're uh, having on this week. And I said, let's just, let's just shoot the And then something monumental in his world happened. I said, I guess we got to kind of talk about that. And that man is Mr. Bassmaster, Dave Mercer. Do they call you Mr. Bassmaster? No, they just uh, just call me Dave, but you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, um, Mr. Bassmaster's fine. <laughs> then take off the B, then you're just Mr. Assmaster. Well, that's on Fridays, and it is Friday. <laughs> okay, so let's get to the, the monumental thing that happened in your world. Here it is now. Just two fish today. Needs five pounds, four ounces. Six pounds, 13 ounces. 613. Gussie gets it done. And oh, Canada, you have a Bassmaster Classic champion. For the first time in Ever. Bassmaster history, a Canadian wins. Jeff Gustafson. And That's you right. are the MC at all these events. Walk us through this and this entire moment well for casual fishing fans it's it's totally odd i mean you you look at you've got an arena full of people i mean there's twenty thousand people there the day before the tournament moved in the uh, march madness tournament was happening there so it's you know it's it's like toronto terms take a fishing tournament put it in the acc but we're not going to fish we're not going to do any fishing you're not going to see that that's going to happen out in the water but we have live cameras with them and everything but Everybody comes for like the culminating moment when we weigh the fish and they're all live released. You know, the anglers all have live wells that they keep the fish in, bring the fish up, weigh the fish. They go back in live release boats, get released back in the water. But um, when you really explain it, I mean, it is very odd. I'll be honest. It's kind of like if you put it in golf terms, it'd be like it'd be like having a golf tournament but nobody sees them golf and then all of a sudden they just come up and this really obnoxious loud guy screams their scorecard he shot a 69 today so yeah that's bass fishing 101 so when a canadian wins describe how rare this is because very few canadians have ever even been in the event yeah i mean there's six canadians in total that have ever qualified for it in history so it's never happened this is the 53rd uh edition of the Bassmaster classic which is 
It's referred to as the Super Bowl of bass fishing. Uh, Gussie, being Canadian, he said, this is my Stanley Cup. So it is the Stanley Cup of bass fishing. Um, and uh, it's it's so rare. I mean, for years, they would say that there couldn't even be a Canadian that would make it. You know, it, it was so rare to have a Canadian make it. We have four Canadians that now fish the Bassmaster Elite Series, two of them from Peterborough, Corey and Chris Johnson, brothers, uh, one of them from Bowenville which is Cooper Gallant. He's the youngest of them. Um, he's just a rookie now, two events into his career. And Gussie, who lives in Kenora, um, which, uh, shockingly, if I drove from my house north in one car and you drove from your house south in another car, you would hit Florida before I would hit Kenora to give you an idea of how far we are from there. But Gussie's a great angler, and um, he's now a Bassmaster Classic champion, which is... Uh, it's like winning the Masters in in golf. I mean, it literally it's that big a deal. It's so, so it's rare. Life changing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he he won three hundred thousand dollars is the purse, but they've always said you know a win at the Classic is is worth a min a million dollars minimum. You know, in in endorsements and that sort of thing. So it is totally life changing for the rest of his life. I always say. In a lot of sports, you know, in, in pro fishing, there's a bunch of different trophies you can win and stuff like that, but there's one title. And for the rest of his life, he's a Bassmaster Classic champion. I mean, it's one of the few things that it's going to be part of your obituary. You know what I mean? Like, it's that big a deal. It's like winning the Daytona 500, the, the, the Kentucky Derby. It's, it's right up there with those kind of sporting events. Did he win a truck, too? No. No, well, I saw a truck on the stage. I thought he won a truck. No, no, they're just a sponsor. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll get a deal on a truck. I mean, so uh, you personally, you must have just been beaming with pride. I heard it in your voice when you announced it. Yeah, um, it was. It was. Here's the weird thing. I normally know what I said after somebody wins. No idea. I got off the stage and I'm like, what did I say? I, I, like, I had no idea that I said, oh, Canada or any of that. Like, I knew I had to say something or people would have looked at me. Um, but I, I, I didn't even remember what I said. And um, Gussie, I've known Gussie since he was a kid. Like, and he's, um, when he was 16 years old, I was uh, doing a seminar at the Winnipeg Boat and Sportsman Show. And Gussie was this young up and coming pro totally nervous to do a seminar he was you know crapping his pants and i was like gussie me and you will do it together so the first seminar he ever did i did with him so to to see him win was huge um and i and i honestly felt like halfway through it i'm like you need to slow down because you work with a bunch of dudes from other parts of the world that are going to realize how happy you are right now that a canadian won and and they're not going to be happy with you but um <laughs> screw it i mean yeah. gussie's the champ and uh, it, it was incredible. I mean, um, what? there's nothing in fishing like it. Like the party that ensued afterwards, um, it reminded me of our gut buddy Bixie when he won the Stanley Cup. Some of the best memories I have of those cup parties are, you know, the, at one of them, you know, I remember him, we're leaving a bar in Toronto for one of those cup parties. He's got the cup over his shoulder and he's walking through the streets of Toronto and whenever the cups in the streets of Toronto, I mean, that, that stops people because they're not used to seeing it, but uh, there was just a horde of everyone following him. That's exactly what happened with Gussie. We were moving kind of from one party to another and there was hundreds of people behind him, you know, going to the, 
parties with him and just chanting and it was it was like a scene from a movie it was really really cool um so yeah i mean just because it's fishing doesn't mean it's it's mellow. I mean, it gets a little excited. Well, you mentioned 20,000 people. I didn't know it was that many people that attend these things. Oh, yeah. I mean, this Bassmaster Classic in Knoxville, Tennessee, set an all-time attendance record. I think it was 163,000 people that came to it. I mean, if you think the weigh-ins are weird, you should see takeoff in the morning. I mean, we need convince people to show up at 6 o'clock in the morning. 6,500 people were there every morning for takeoff. And literally, I mean, I sell it on stage and I'm like, oh, it's like getting in the NASCAR pits and all sorts of stuff. But really, it's like showing up to a NASCAR race on a Tuesday when they're unloading their boats. You don't even get to see the boats go fast. But we do kind of pre-interviews with with the pros. And I think what makes it so special is nobody got into pro fishing to get rich. You know what I mean? Like if you're, I always, and I think people say in different sports, oh, our guys are special. And I've really thought about that. And I think that the the pro anglers are special because if you're good at football, if you're good at hockey, by the time you're 13 years old, somebody in your life has tried to make this into a business. You know what I mean? You get serious, you know, you've, you've, you've got a future ahead of you. Pro anglers have one goal. I just want to fish for a living. And and that's what keeps them so grounded. So, I mean, they they spend a lot of time with their with their fans, their spectators, and that sort of thing. And they all have their own personalities, their own followings, and merchandise they sell and stuff like that. It's it's a legit pro sport. And and, um, and when you make money at it, it's easier to get out of the house to do it. Because when you aren't making money, telling your significant other, you're like, I'm going fishing, you're like, Ugh, again. <laughs> I swear to you, that is 100% the entire, well, I'm looking for a good word, precipice, if that's the right word or whatever. That's the whole reason I do what I do for a living. I literally, I remember, you know, going through school and then I'm fishing tournaments and I'm like, somebody, I'm going to meet somebody. I, I mean, I had not met my wife, Sarah, at that point. Well, I met her in grade five, but we had not gotten together at that point but i didn't know who i was going to end up with but i assumed somebody um and i thought that somebody's going to want me to stop fishing but then one day i was like well wait a second if i figure out a way to do this for a living they can never tell me not to fish again so that's why i do what i do you're you're a smart man and how did you get in the the bass master world did you ever compete in one how did you get the career that you do now it's so bizarre really um so i fished tournaments my whole life growing up and when i started fishing my first tournament was 13 years old won 400 bucks figured i was rich you know all through high school and stuff i didn't have a job i i i guided you know i i I fished tournaments and i did some guiding where i'd take people out on, on on the lake i live on and then school ended and i was like well i gotta figure out what to do but I, even at that time, I was like, I don't want to be a tournament angler because their, their life is incredibly hard. Like they spend, they'll spend, you know, a month, two months on the road. And I even at that time knew that that wasn't, you know, what I wanted to do. So at that point, I started to focus more on TV and I started doing these fishing tips. This were called Facts of Fishing and it's since evolved into a half hour show. But one of the weird things was, so I stopped fishing tournaments, but I, I would go to the Bassmaster Classic every year and sit in the crowd. And there was other announcers and people up there, but I would always sit there and be like, 
Did you just did you really screw up? Because this was a dream of yours at one point to be part of of Bass, and um, it's so ironic that you know I so I focused on TV and and luckily that went all right. And through that, I started emceeing some charity tournaments and things like that. And I'd always been kind of a public speaker through you know grade school and stuff. I won every speech contest. They had to make a rule for me. Beat beat my wife actually. I went to grade school with my wife and I beat her in a speech contest. I didn't know that till after we were married. She brought it up, traumatic situation or something. Um, but so I mean I, they made a rule where I had to learn how to write down speeches uh, because at one year I went up there with cue cards that had nothing on them uh, because I just I'm I'm a born bull basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'd sit in that classic every year and I'd be like, man, did I screw up? Because not that I think I could have dominated, but I think I could have made a few classics and, and done it. Well, lo and behold, through a turn of events and people you get to know, thir- I guess this is my 13th classic I emceed. Somebody was like, they're looking for a new MC, And I ended up applying for the job. I actually applied for the job five years before I got it. Did not get it that time. Was crushed. Thought I'd never get it. Thought the dream was uh, over. Yeah, yeah. Um, ESPN owned Bass at that time, and they didn't want me. Um, so I was okay with that, and I guess I recovered. But then a few years later, ironically, the job comes up, and and nobody even knew that I had applied five years previous. I mean, it wasn't a, a big public thing, but um, they actually approached me and and – it's been incredible. I mean, now that now I live two dreams, really. I mean, I, I get to fish a lot with the TV show, but I, I get to be part of bass and here's the best part. I go to every single tournament. I never catch squat, but I always get a paycheck. Unlike all the anglers. Oh, now tell us how you win a fishing tournament. Is it, does it have to do with, do you know the lake to like, I'm always baffled. Are there fights? Guys fishing, like fighting over spots in the lake. How does it work and how do they find where the hell the fish are? Are they allowed radar? Are they allowed fish detectors? What are the rules? How do you win? Um, well, how they are, it's cumulative weight. So it's a five fish limit. So the the elite series events, which are the qualifying events, they're four day events. So you weigh in five fish each day. And so it's 20 fish is the guy with the heaviest 20 fish over three, over four days. The classic is a three day event. So it's 15 fish, but it's five fish a day. They keep them all alive in live wells. They're allowed to use, uh, as you call them, raiders, radars, radars, <laughs> uh, <fish> finders, <laughs> electronics, sonar. Uh, yeah. They're allowed to use all that stuff. Um, but, but basically it's, they pre-fish kind of similar to a golfer walk in the course, you know, they go out and they check the course, but they, and Gussie, Jeff Gustafson, who just won, actually he won. The amazing thing is Tennessee river where we were in Knoxville, Tennessee, he won the elite series event there in 2021, showed everybody how he did it, where he did it, but he's that good that he was able to go back there after everybody saw how he did it. And, and it was all exposed. You know, you kind of think, oh, they'll all figure it out. Nobody could do what Gussie did. I mean, he's just, and here's the, how Canadian is this? Why is he so good at the way he was, he was fishing with a technique called moping? And what it is, is it's a kind of a vertical technique where you just fish the bait directly below the boat in deeper water. And it's similar to ice fishing. And that's why Gussie is so much better at it than anybody else. So, um, 
So does he yeah. get a deal then with the the bait he was using? Do people still oh. use worms? No, no, no live bait. No live. No bait. live bait. Okay. Come on, we're professionals. Well, I I don't know the rules. I I. I what's the strangest bait you've seen someone use? Like, does do people? They must come up with their own. Well, they do systems. I mean, but they're not strange because I'm a, I'm an angler, so I think yeah, they're but you cool. Can't but use you like think a peanut butter sandwich? Does anyone use like a peanut butter sandwich or a, no. a banana? No. No, none of that. But it's like, you know, soft plastic baits, crank baits, spinner baits. Like, it's all just, if you, you go to Bass Pro, go to Canadian Tire, wherever you go, look down. That's the baits they use. I mean, most of the baits they use are commercially available. And if they're not, they're going to be because they're testing them out for companies and stuff. But but that's where the real windfall is. Like, for example, day one of the tournament was Friday. Gussie took the lead. And the bait, like he was using this jig head called a smeltinator, cool name, but um, the smeltinator jig head was sold out everywhere as of Friday, and he hadn't even won yet. Um, so yeah, the baits that they use and stuff like that, and that's where the endorsements come from. They get paid by companies to use product, and the product, you know, when the product wins, people people buy it, and um, so which is kind of nice because. Um, they don't end up using crap ever. They can't, yeah. you know, because you just won't be successful. But um, yeah, it's, so it's will we little... see Gussie's face on some bait, or will it be a, like because they must? Can they even use that? Say, used by Bassmaster Champion? Can they use that uh, in their sales pitch for their bait? Yeah, or for I mean, for their um, it's not what well, is it called bait, right? Yeah, yeah, it's still called bait. It's not okay. live bait, but okay. it's bait. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'll use it. I mean, he'll, his face will be on the cover of every fishing magazine. And There's a lot of fishing magazines. There is a lot. There's There's a a lot. lot. In the magazine world, it's probably one of the, the, you know, it's held on. While magazines have gone away, there's a lot of old crotchety fishermen who like to sit on the can and flip the pages <laughs> still. Thank God. <laughs> Wow, so you're you're opening me up to an entire world that I knew existed, but I didn't know it was so huge. Um, is bass a good fish to eat? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you want to eat them, it's all catch and release. So, like in the bass fishing world, it's kind of I would say we've gone to the opposite. Like catch and release literally came from bass fishing. The only place it was ever happening was some trout anglers and stuff like that. But Ray Scott, the founder of Bass, which is B-A-S-S, Bass Angler Sportsman Society, is the actual what Bass stands for. Um, he was the guy who early on, like early tournaments, I mean, they would just uh, club them and grill them. Like, I mean, it was, there was, it was old, you know, you'd see people holding them up on a paddle. It was, uh, nobody released them. But um, he saw looked forward and said, man, we got to protect the resource. They're the most important thing. Without the fish, none of us are here. So um, it is all catch and release. So we kind of encourage people to eat other species, but bass are, but, but yeah, if you want to eat a bass, they're, they're, they're as okay, good so as anything else. They're all deep fried. You can eat, you can eat spam deep fried and it's good. So pardon me for my dumb questions, but no. why did they center on bass as the, the main fish? Is it a tough fish to catch? Why didn't they have like a salmon, the salmon master classic or the pickerel master classic or the catfish master classic? 
Well, they they do have tournaments for all sorts of different species, but bass is the biggest. You know, like nothing even compares. Like the is walleye it a tough world, fish to catch. It is more. Here's why I think bass was the species. Two reasons. Number one, it's everywhere, especially in the United States. There, it's in every single state. Um, and number two, it's more target orientated. So where you'll go salmon fishing, you might just go out there trolling in Lake Ontario and covering ground. There's more skill. I'm going to get roasted for this, but there is more. It's more target orientated. So you have to be a better caster. You need to present the bait better. You know, guys will catch fish under boat docks and things like that. So that's, I think, the two reasons. I mean, it's got more of a challenge to it, but it's also available everywhere. Do you actually like fish? Do you... If you see fish on a menu at a restaurant, do you get it or you're like so sick of fish? Give me a steak. I'm a weirdo. Um, I like fish. Um, I don't ever eat the fish that I catch Um, for whatever reason. Like somewhere in my head, I was like, fishing has allowed me to buy steak. So I'll buy steak. (laughs) But I will. I will. um, uh, I like saltwater fish, like mahi mahi is my favorite fish to eat. Um, But. but I, How about I think a nice salmon? Oh, I, I had a fresh caught salmon at a buddy's once in BC. He caught it, brought it home, and he cooked it in the dishwasher. Come on. Never heard of that. Yeah, like that steams it. I've never heard of that. Ever. Mm, how about that? I'm giving you some cooking knowledge. Probably don't want to do it because I guess I'm assuming that your next load of dishes is going to taste like salmon. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard of that. I've heard of smoking fish. I've heard of barbecuing fish. Never dishwashing fish. But um, I'm not saying it's not a thing. Well, I'm telling you it was. Maybe I remember wrong, but I think I remember it correctly. You wrap it in foil. So it's uh-huh. not like you don't put it on like the top rack and wash the fish while you're cooking it. That you, you put it on a high temperature in foil and he put some lemon and some capers or something in there and then you had a fresh salmon it sounds like smoked salmon really i think that you were confused between a dish <laughs> and if you look at a smoker if you google a smoker it looks just like a little mini dishwasher so maybe uh, i mean maybe he's got maybe, a bitch and dishwasher that also smokes fish i, I don't know <laughs> maybe to this day he's since passed but maybe he was just like yeah i really got dan here he thinks i cooked it in a dishwasher when really <laughs> he pulled it out from like under the sink because uh, it was smoked salmon i'm probably just an idiot no no, no i would never say that not on your own show <laughs> <laughs> So what else is going on? Our bu- I was talking to, you mentioned Bixie, our friend Brian Bickle, Stanley Cup winner. He's on the Welcome to Orono sign where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is his goal, I think every person that fishes, their goal is to win a Bassmaster, and he's going in tournaments. Imagine you on stage announcing Brian Bickle oh. as a Bassmaster, and not only a Stanley Cup champ, and then you become that. I'm like, that's a that's a made for tv movie right there yeah i mean it, it, i think it's his goal he would love to do that um he and and i will give bixie credit bixie's a great angler you know and i've fished with a lot of hockey players different people who have played different sports and a lot of them just want to like lean on the boat and it's it's relaxing for them but but from the first day i've fished with brian bickle he is a hardcore angler um and and 
I think if he put his time to it, if he if he could have enough time to put towards it, I mean, he's got a busy home life, you know, two young kids. I mean, it's but if he could really put the time towards it, I, I have no doubt that he could make it in this sport. Um, he's he is that good. Um, ironically, one of the big I was taunting him all weekend long with another former NHLer because one of Gussie's good buddies is uh, Big Buff Dustin Bufflin. I read um, about this. Yeah, I read about how he got there with no luggage. Had to borrow clothes for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was your sweater he was using. He showed well, up in in shorts and a t shirt and a hat. Yeah, yeah. Left his. Listen to this. This is a friend. I don't have any friends like this. This is a real friend. I so he gets there and I'm like, where'd you come from? He's like, Florida. I was like, oh, do you have a place down there? He's like, no, no. I was on spring break, family vacation, and I said, well, oh, okay. So he said, I found out that that Gussie was doing well, and I was at the science center with my kids and family, and I literally left them there. They, I'm like, so he said, no, no, I left the car. I got in an Uber, went to whatever airport, got in a flight, and flew there. Nowhere to stay, no clothing. Um, but, but, uh, he's big buff and he got through it all. And, uh, it was, he's, he's another guy who just loves fishing and a very close friend of, uh, of Gussie. So it was a lot of fun. So, um, we, we sent some taunting pictures to our friend, Brian Bickle. (laughs) Put your psychology hat on. Why are hockey players out of any other sport? Hockey players are drawn to fishing the most. Why is that? Canada. I think, I, I, you know what I mean? I really think that it's a lot of people that spend time in Canada or grow up in Canada, and it's, I mean, a lot of them golf and stuff. I wouldn't say they're all, but, they, a but there is a, more than any other sport, I find. Yeah, you're you're probably right. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I think it's the Canadian connection. You know what I mean? You grow up in Canada, you, you, you. There's a lot of players from Northern Ontario where fishing's huge, so I think that's kind of the connection. Um, you know, I don't I know fish. I grew up in Canada because I'm traumatized by we would have uh, family <laughs> fishing trips where all the the boys and the fathers went to this fishing spot. It's well, I don't even know where it is. It's there was a high bridge. It's just outside Peterborough, and there'd always be someone who'd get a hook in their head. We had an uncle that had a hook in his hand once. It was just like, I don't, I want no part of this because people just get injured. We'd have those four pronged hooks and they're just flying everywhere. Cause we're just fishing from the shore. <laughs> I, so, I, you're going to blame the sport on that. Like it's fishing. No, fault, I'm blaming or is it my just- upbringing. I'm blaming my <laughs> uncles. They were in charge and they just let us go fish. And we're like, oh, this, you should not have allowed this. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, did were there injuries in other pastimes that you guys had? No, no, that was the that was the <laughs> just only fishing. one. Just fishing. <laughs> so I'm scared. You'll have to give Dave. You're going to give me new fishing memories this summer. Okay, okay, we can do that. Yeah, let's. We need to go fishing. We need to. Uh, me, you, and Bix will go fishing, or our screw Bix. I mean, he's busy. Um, me and you can go, but but I, I'm sure he'll come too. Regardless. I've gone on a boat with them because I was at his cottage and they went out early and I'm like, I'm going to come out. I got some great pictures. It's a lot of silence. A lot of silence out there. Didn't yeah, like not, it. not with me. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Silence, not so much. Um, Bix gets serious. He does. And um, he's very quiet and very, but I'm, 
I'm I'm not so much. I don't know if you notice. I'm loud. Even when fishing? Yeah. Yeah, probably a detriment. Probably the reason I'm an MC and not a tournament <laughs> angler myself. Are you like honest. cranking tunes? You're like, I don't know why the fish aren't biting. No, no, but I just have trouble shutting up. I mean, um, I, I just talk a lot, I guess. I don't know. I, I enjoy life. Um, but you I mean, do. I'm quiet at times, but I, I'm I'm a big believer in communication. Give us your your quick tip for someone who knows nothing about fishing, where to catch fish. Because I've been told you go to shaded areas, you go to deep areas. I've been told every which way where to find fish, and I never find them when I do go out. I think the biggest mistake people make when fishing, and, and specifically from shore, because a lot of um, people that are new to the sport, that's how they get into it. They don't have a boat. But I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they go to the same areas that everybody else goes. Like, if you look, there's fishing piers and stuff like that. But it's, I mean, it gets fished every single day. Pressure affects fish. So go spend a little time getting away from people. You know what I mean? Like, go to areas that don't get a lot of pressure. Um, I'm not asking you to... um, trespass on people's property and stuff like that but where just you're allowed. a little go where you're allowed yeah go where you're allowed but you but invest a little extra time and the other thing is you can talk when you're fishing but when you're walking along the shore you got to walk really quietly because fish are very fish have what's called a lateral line that runs down the side of them and that actually allows a fish to feel vibration without actually touching it so when and and that's why when you see fish and there's a feeding frenzy the fish don't run. If, I mean, if there was a group of people and I threw a hundred dollar bill, we'd all go tackling it. People would come up with a bleeding nose and whatever, and we'd run into each other. If you see fish in a feeding frenzy, none of them hit each other because a lateral line allows them to feel vibration without actually touching it. So they feel the vibration of people walking and stuff like that. So people will go running to the shore to go catch a fish, and that's the worst thing you can do because that alerts the fish that something's and i don't think the fish thinks it's a fisherman i think the fish thinks it's something i mean a fish learns early on that that birds and things like that they try to eat them so they they kind of live in a world that's similar to the walking dead they spend their whole life trying to eat and not be eaten if you run to the shore to go fishing you really like fishing (laughs) clearly (laughs) (laughs) i'm just picturing people sprinting i can't wait to go fishing well, I used to be that guy. I mean, I we never had a lot of money growing up, and I um, we would go to the <laughs> these cottages once a year. We'd go, and I call them cottages, but they literally were ice huts, where there would be you know those places where there's like twenty five of them in a on a point somewhere, and we would go. And it, to me, it was paradise. And I swear to you, I would get out of the car like the moment we stopped. I would car hardly stop, and I would run to the dock or whatever to start fishing. I was just that eat up with the sport. Um, one time I went there and I'm fishing and having the time of my life. My little sister came running behind me and split her head open because somebody was on a swing and knocked her out. The whole family went to the hospital, dealt with her and everything. I just kept fishing. I had no idea until they came back hours later. <laughs> sister hey, still hasn't let, hasn't let me down for that. She recovered. She was okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was fine. I mean, stitches. Are a wonderful invention. Here's my last dumb question. In America, 
you hear about people saying, oh, yeah, I'd always go down to my favorite fishing hole. In Canada, people don't refer to fishing holes. So I always got in my mind that they've got a, a hole to fish in. But that's just they've got a favorite pond. They don't have different fishing areas in the States. Do they just call a pond a hole? No, I, I think a hole can be in the ocean. Like, I think it's just a term. <laughs> okay. uh, like, so I mean, the hole it, is just describing fishing. Yeah, it's like it's it's like saying your favorite fishing spot. I yeah. think it's just and a that term. That makes more sense. I mean, in, in America, they also say y'all and a lot of other things um, that we don't say. But yeah, that's just a term that I don't know why. You never hear somebody in Canada say, let's go to the fishing hole. I mean, they, they say secret spots and stuff like that, but never the hole. But um, we use holes for other things, I guess, other terms. So you could put that on a shirt. The hole can be anywhere. <laughs> yes. Hey. Yes, find your hole. Tap it in, Happy. Tap, tap a root. Find your hole. Uh, Dave, this is great. I want you to come back uh, whenever you want. Um, oh, oh, the one thing I wanted to get to, because I'd be remiss without asking, the whole weighing down fish thing that happened. I don't, oh, those guys just got charged. They can't idiots. fish for... Did that... Everyone within the sport, were you like, oh, man, this, this is a black eye for the sport? It's a, it was an incident that uh, took over news headlines. When that happened, what was your take on it? Um, I, my initial thought was, I'm going to hear about this for the rest of my life. Like everybody who casually, like if I go to a party or a you know dinner function where you meet people that you haven't met before, they're like, well, did you know those guys from the walleye guys and it doesn't happen in pro tournaments um for several reasons number one we have marshals on the boat so you you have an actual person like every single boat has a marshal and their job is to make sure you're not breaking any rules on top of that they have lie detectors that that are randomly given to anglers and always given to the winners and stuff like that so they can check to make sure that and when you get to the pro level um you've it takes too long to get there you know what i mean like the cheating gets weaned out along the way so do i think that cheating happens in fishing tournaments i think that people will rob a max milk for 500 dollars. so if you think that people won't cheat in a fishing tournament then you're a fool people will cheat in a fishing tournament but you don't see it at the top level you um it's it's just gone by that point just because those people have been eliminated because generally it's the angler that you see all of a sudden, this angler comes out of nowhere and starts winning everything. And they never move up. You know, the general person, as you start winning, you'd want to move up to higher levels, but they never move up. They stay there. And those guys specifically, I mean, they got so cocky. There's videos of them and stuff that, like, they literally had lie detectors that they beat. And, and different, like, people, the reason that that was such a mass mob, like, if you looked, it was like a scene from The Simpsons. I couldn't get believe them. it. <laughs> Those guys are going to get beaten to death. And that tournament director saved their lives because if they had just said, go to the parking lot, I'm pretty sure that's what would have happened. But the reason everyone was so mad is because for years, people had been pointing the finger at these guys. And they finally caught him, you know, red-handed. And it was just foolish because, I mean, they put double the weights and like you could, an angler knows like that's a four pounder, that's an eight pounder. Well, if a four pounder looks like a four and it weighs eight, I mean, they figure it out. But um, 
They, those guys, it seems that there's other legal troubles they have too. They have a long string of, of bad choices in their life. <laughs> and that was just a very public one. What about this? When you catch a fish, so you're in a tournament and you've got them in your little tank on your boat. Can't you feed them a big lunch? There's probably rules against that, right? Like you can't just feed them the whole time to make them gain some weight. Well, they won't eat generally. They're in. Oh, a, they, they don't eat. Yeah, they they don't. Um, so yeah, no, that doesn't. They're uh, figuring out actually, what the hell's going on. They're like, oh crap, this can't be good. <laughs> well, and here's the here's the weird thing. Sometimes they do the exact opposite. Like there's times when they throw up. You know what I mean? Like if you're in rough water or whatever, the fish and so official like there's been tournaments where a fish has spit up a giant gizzard shad or a bluegill or something like that. And that fit that fish it spit up weighs a couple of ounces. The tournament angler, if the fish is if it's not in its yap, you can't weigh it in. Like it's not like you can take a bunch of stuff and put it in the bag when you weigh it in. So there's been tournaments lost over that too. So that that's another reason why the anglers take such good care of the fish because there's penalties if they if they if the fish dies, anything like that. So they keep the fish alive and um screw those cheaters. I hate them. Yeah, cheaters suck. Um I'm going to write down all my other uh, dumb fish questions and ask you next time you're on because I've I've got so many, but I've asked enough dumb ones for today. No, I, I don't mind them. There's no dumb questions. I like it. Boomsies. Boomsies, thanks for coming on, Dave. No problem, anytime. And uh, enjoy uh, your weekend. It's been been great seeing everyone. Talk to you next week. Boomsies. Boomsies. Welcome to Boomsies with Dan O'Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh, baby, Boomsies. Thanks for listening to Boomsies.